When you're renting, you can often feel quite limited by your landlord's design choices and it can be tricky to make the space feel like your home. But really, you absolutely deserve to feel content in the space that you spend most of your time in. So how do you decorate a rental? I'm Laura Jackson and welcome to So How Do You? Your go-to podcast for the inside scoop on interiors with bags of advice and guidance from industry experts. In this episode, we'll be hearing from the author of Home Sweet Rented Home, Bedina Grillo, also known as Grillo Designs on Instagram, to get her advice on approaching your landlord and some great creative ideas on doing up your rental. Jess Rose, founder of Jess Rose Home, about how she used non-permanent vinyl to give a flat a new lease of life. And finally, Danish furniture designer and co-founder of Studio Mama Designs, Nina Tolstrup, about how to furnish sustainably. When we get to the end, you'll be filled with ideas to spruce up your home without upsetting your landlord. You might have got the memo by now, but I'm a bit of an interiors obsessive. And our sponsor, Archive, has always provided me with plenty of inspiration. I've always dreamt of owning a house and used to fantasize about the interiors that it would have. After years of saving, we finally went searching for our dream home. We walked into the most perfect house, which had this Sanderson Country Trail wallpaper from 1979 in the living room. I instantly fell in love. Although this wallpaper is over 30 years old, there's something so now about the print. I've absolutely loved designing this room with my furniture against the vintage print. There is something so romantic about the history that the walls have. To my delight, I've recently discovered that the Sanderson Design Group have created a new brand called Archive that really breaks the barriers between heritage and modern. They've cherry-picked designs from their archive and reimagined them in riotous colour combinations for the ultimate maximalist look. You can find some serious interior inspiration on their Instagram at archive underscore SDG. And you can shop their reimagined designs for curtains, cushions, wallpaper, lighting. I mean, literally, that's my dream shopping list. And for a limited time, if you use the code LAURA10, that's L-A-U-R-A and the number 10, you will get a 10% discount. Great, right? You are just going to love everything. Let me know what you get. Let's begin with Medina Grillo. She's turned her rental into a beautiful, cosy family home. By taking a look at her Instagram, she's been able to make some big changes. So before we get into the design ideas, let's get her advice on how to approach landlords. Well, let's start by um, finding out a bit about you and your home and your living situation. Yep. So um, I'm Medina. I live currently live in Birmingham. I live in a semi-detached property with my husband and my two children. My my son, he just he was born recently, uh, about five months old, so it's been very hectic. So I'm actually a DIY and interiors blogger. I started blogging in 2015, and my main focus has always been towards renters because I feel like they're a market of people that are really undersold to. And I think when it comes to interiors, we always focus on people that have bought their homes, but we never really focus on people that are renting and might be renting for life one of the biggest messages I get is from people who are renting and they're saying you know thank you so much for like representing renters because again not many people think of us no absolutely I mean so what agreement do you have with your landlord in terms of making these interior changes 
Um, so I've been very, very, very lucky um, with regards to my landlord. And I have to say lucky because I've, I've had landlords who have been very like, you're not doing anything to the home, you know, don't do anything. Um, but this one, he's very, you know, he's when we first we met him initially, it was a really nice meeting. I told him, you know, that uh, I really love the property and I want to make it into a home. But I didn't really go into like I want to decorate. I just kind of kept it nice and easy when I first met him. And then as the years I've been here for five years now, as the years have kind of gone on, I've messaged him certain things like, can I change this? Can I change that? And he's like, yeah, that's fine. Um, a lot of the things are things that don't have to be changed back but there are some permanent things for example my stairs which is black with like the the, the numbers on it and then it's got a carpet those can be left behind because he was okay with me doing it um some things like flooring that I've changed which some of some of the times he's contributed to the cost as well and that will be staying but like for the non-permanent things like for example painting a wall um I've painted like I'm currently in my husband's office which is like black um so I will probably have to paint this room back but I don't mind because I mean I feel like painting is one of the easiest things that you can do I mean you can get a lovely new colour in like less than a couple of hours and then to to paint it back is not a big problem at all so I don't Mm. mind about that so it's a very relaxed agreement. And what are your favourite ways that you've made uh, your rental feel like a home? Um, so my favourite way, and my number one favourite way, is definitely wallpaper. I love pattern. I love um, I love the depth that wallpaper gives a space that paint just doesn't give. And they've got this lovely um, product on the market for renters. It's, it's called a peel and stick wallpaper or removable wallpaper, depending on where you live, what country you live in. Um, and it's fantastic. You put it on your walls and immediately your room is transformed. So my number one way is wallpaper. It is slightly expensive, but I feel like it's definitely something worth um, worth buying if you're a renter. I also love injecting personality with my accessories. So like, I love cushions. I, I just need to stop buying cushions, honestly. I'm always buying them. Um, so like cushions, like I like to change them up for like the season. So if it's like really, sp- if it's spring or summer, I'll like bright cushions. If it's like winter, I'll go with like really dark brownie tones. So like things like that, rugs. Um, I also love that I can, you know, if I want to, I can hang things on the wall with products like removable um, strips, adhesive products, and they're actually quite good. You just have to know how to use them so that you don't damage the wall. So lots of ways that you can create a beautiful home without causing damage to the walls. Uh, But how do you approach it then? Because are there any tips and tricks in terms of getting what you want over the line? Yeah, so I, I would definitely suggest when you start renting, if you can, try and meet your landlord beforehand just to kind of get a kind of a picture of who they are, who he or she is. Um, and then I wouldn't go guns blazing straight in. I would just like give it a bit of time. Um, after a couple of months, when you feel comfortable, maybe ask them, can I do this or that? Um, when you're asking them, you need to bear in mind that they might have had a really bad experience in the past with other tenants who maybe they've decorated and maybe haven't done a very good job. So you need to make it clear that you are looking to make the property better um, and that you know what you're doing. So you might say something like, "Okay, I want to do this to the property, but I, you know, I have experience in such and such. And that will give them a bit more confidence before you start doing anything. I think it's also a good idea to make sure that you're showing them examples of what you want to do so they can they know what you know what your plan is and also write things down like don't just ask because if you ask and there's no written evidence then when it comes to the end of your tenancy they can say well I didn't say that and then you know they could actually take your deposit back 
you know so I would always say write it down that can be an email that can be a text in my situation it's usually text messages that I always screenshot and I save um, just in case for the future Um, but yeah always make sure you write things down and make sure that you know you let the landlord know that you know what you're doing and you're not going to make a mess of whatever it is that you want to do so I always say for example that I'm an interior stylist um I know what I'm doing so hopefully he doesn't feel too freaked out by the changes that I make I mean listen landlords absolutely want to hear added value don't they so I think if you're creating something that is going to help the home I don't know why anyone would would say no and um, do you feel like you're investing quite a lot into a home that isn't yours and you know do you have a sort of agreement in terms of payment you mentioned the floors before how does that work not all the time and to be honest a lot of the time people always seem to ask this question of renters like you're you're spending money on a home that isn't yours but I think we also forget that you know when somebody buys a house they are they when they decorate for example putting up wallpaper or doing something that it doesn't always improve the pro- the value of the property. It's because you just like it and it makes you feel good. That's why you're doing it. It's the same with renters. Yes, I do have an agreement. And sometimes he does help with the, the costs, but that's not the case for all landlords. Some of them are just like, you know, do whatever, but I'm not footing the bill at all. And then it's up to you to decide as a renter whether I want to invest in my home or not. And I guess it comes down to the fact that how important is your surroundings to you? And for me, personally, my surroundings are very important to me because it affects my mental health. If my home doesn't feel like me, have my personality, and I know that I will, you know, I could get low in mood or I just don't feel as comfortable, I don't feel as safe. No matter who you're trying to communicate with, a good mood board never fails. But as Medina said, protect your deposit by keeping everything on email. And if it's a conversation that you have in person or over the phone, follow up in writing afterwards. And don't forget to keep those receipts. But what if your landlord isn't quite as flexible as Medina's? What can you do to make your rental feel like your own? What would you advise if someone's renting um, and they really hate their rental space, but they're not allowed to make those big changes because they haven't got a landlord that is very flexible? Where can they start? I would definitely suggest start, like I mentioned before, start with accessories. So cushions, buying furniture that is like really quality and, you know, it feels like you to add colour to your home, like curtains, rugs. Those are the things that you need to really um, focus on. Um, again, like hanging art and things where with that that are you know damage free to the walls, making use of mirrors to like make the space like bigger. It's basically just kind of like not focusing too much on the walls, but injecting personality with all the things that you can change. Um, and again, that you can change and you can obviously bring with you to another home. So I wouldn't worry. It's not the end of the world if they do say no. But just know that you, just because they say no, you shouldn't just think, OK, that's it. I'm just going to live in an empty box and that's it. No, I think it's really important that you do put your personality because as we've seen in the last couple of re- years, life outside our homes is very unpredictable. And I think the one thing that you can kind of keep control of is your surroundings. That's one thing that I've hated when I've been a renter. My landlord has never let me put nails or hooks in the yeah. walls. So how do you get around situations like that? 
So you can still add add art to the wall. So one of the things that you can do is like, especially if you have large art pieces, you can lean them against furniture. So you can lean them at the back of like tables or on the floor. It still looks quite nice. Again, you can invest in products like um, removable wall adhesive strips. I know Command has a really great brand. With them though, you need to make sure that you're following the instructions to a T. So not putting them on newly freshly painted walls, making sure you're applying them to the correct weight. And when you're removing them, pulling at them rather than just pulling at them in a certain way rather than just pulling them off so pulling down rather than pulling them off I've recently discovered a new brand called um, Sugaroo which is really really great it's like a moldable glue which you can use to like hang um, things on like tiles and stuff like that and it also it can be used to like fix or mend things so um, like things like toilet roll holders I don't like drilling into tiles so using Sugaroo for example is a great way to get things on the wall without having to do that. Mm, that sounds amazing I've never heard of that before so where are your favorite places to kind of shop online and in store when you're looking to decorate your rental? I really, really love Etsy because Etsy, I feel like you can find one of a kind items that not many people have for your home. And again, you're supporting a small business, which is which is great. I, one of my favorite brands this year has been Blue Ticking, which is a vintage um, children's shop. And they sell loads of things like, you know, furniture and old French furniture, which I think is great for adding that kind of like uniqueness to a rented home as well. Especially if you can't paint the walls, I think it's really important to invest in Furniture that is, you know, good quality and unique, again, to give that, that your, your property some uniqueness. If I'm going to be honest, like when I think back to my first ever rentals, my the places, my go-to places were, especially when I was on a really tight budget, um, was Gumtree to find furniture, used furniture. I also, Gumtree was much bigger, I think, than back then. Um, eBay, I used quite a lot. Um, and now recently I've been using Facebook Marketplace because sometimes you can find like amazing branded furniture for like a really, really low cost, like starting from like £20 up to about 50 um, And it's it's brilliant. And when it comes to like high street stores, um, I would say I like H&M for like tableware and like linen. I mean, I loved how you used your IKEA bookshelves to look like a fitted book wall. I think that that's a really great idea um, in terms of like a focal point in a room that looks like it's fixed, but actually isn't. Yeah. So those actually weren't IKEA. Those were Argos, actually. Um, Argos? Yeah, they're Argos. Really? Yeah. Okay. They're, they're a bit more deeper than the actual IKEA. The IKEA ones are a little bit too, um, they're not as deep. Um, so those were Argos bookshelves and they were very great, very great price and yeah they look like they're built in but they're actually not built in and again because our home is even though it's not it's not a new build for this time it is a home that has no like features like fireplace or anything like any architect kind of interest and I think having a bookcase like that just adds that kind of um, feature to a space that is quite empty um so yeah yeah I think that's I think that's one thing that people will be really interested to hear from you in terms of how do you give a home character that maybe mm. is a new build in an apartment or a house? How do you inject that kind of history into into the space? Mm. I think you have to work with the build of your property and the time it was built as well. And I think um, for me, it's just making sure that when I enter into a room, I've created one focal point. You know where your eye just rests on when you walk into the room? As long as you have something that 
yeah, is a focal point for a room, I think you'll be okay. So for us in the, in the, in the living room, it's definitely the the um, the bookcase because it's the first thing you see when you walk into the door. And again, like when you walk into my dining room, I have like the like banquet kind of like seating nook as well. That's like a focal point. So I think it's just important to create focal points for each room to distract away from the fact that you might not have things like a fireplace or really lovely moulding or, you know, like, um, yeah, chimney breath, those kind of things that a lot of properties do have. Plenty of fabulous tips there from Medina. A lot of renters come up with some seriously dated colours and designs on permanent fixtures like kitchen cabinets, worktops, fireplaces, tiles and even backsplashes. But my next guest has a solution for that exact problem. Jess Rose set up Jess Rose Home after she used vinyl to zhuzh up her own rental kitchen and noticed a gap in the market for a more coloured, textured and patterned type of vinyl designs. So if you can resonate with my earlier point of living with a dodgy design decision that you're not allowed to get rid of, this may well be your best option to give your space a new lease of life and it can be peeled off when your tenancy is up. Jess, give us a little bit of background info on your experience as a renter and how you got into vinyl. So this goes back to 2019 when I moved into my loft apartment with my um, boyfriend at the time. And I decided to start an Instagram page um, dedicated to our loft apartment and yeah, renting. And everybody kept saying to me, why are you not showing the kitchen? And I was like, I'm so ashamed of it. It was not what, it just didn't represent me at all. And and then I kept getting asked more and more and more about the kitchen. So I thought, right, what can I do that's temporary um, that will make it my own, but I can also make it back to how it was for when we do move out. And I knew what vinyl was, but I'd never used it before. And so I started to research into it and I thought, there's no, no one's doing this. No one's selling vinyl. The options that are out there were really bleak. They weren't, um, again, they weren't to my taste at all. But anyway, I found some really cheap stuff from on the high street. I won't say where. <laughs> I found it on the high street. And so I spent a full day vinyling my kitchen in some really, really cheap vinyl. And once I posted it on my Instagram, it, it got picked up by like every publication you could think of in the UK. And I was thinking, oh my God, like, how has this happened? And what kind of effects and finishes then do the, the vinyls that you're talking about have? So we are doing, um, we're going to do all of our worktops in wood. So it will look like a solid wood worktop when actually it's just vinyl. Um, and also for bathrooms, I always find that in rentals, I mean, they're obviously going to use the, the cheapest option ever when it comes to kitchens and bathrooms. So they can be quite not very nice 90% of the time. So we have created um, more like tiles and wood effects and things like that to make it look like it's a tile but it's not it's just vinyl so the yeah the the effects and finishes we use is, is more of tiles and woods for those more expensive looks but they are very much on budget are there any kind of areas you would say that are most impactful you've talked about the kind of the the floors in the kitchen and and the bathroom but are there any kind of more smaller creative ideas that can be quite impactful so we've had, the, I think one of the best things that I've seen uh, using our vinyl was a girl, uh, she did her, you know, like the stair risers. So if you were to look at the stairs, 
the, the first thing you would see and she did them all in zebra print and it looked amazing and I'd never seen anything like that before so that was probably one of my favorite in terms of creativity. What has been the the most effective thing personally that you have done in a rental of yours? Ooh, I think it was probably my kitchen back in 2019 and I think because I was able to change that to my taste I actually did it in like a, a forest green and dalmatian which is very out there in terms of that becoming my own kitchen how I would have wanted it I think that was probably the best way that I've used vinyl in my home. For somebody wanting to use vinyl can they apply it themselves um, what tools do they need for application? So many people say to me, but I think because it's quite, it's not a new product. Vinyl's been around for years and years, but I think what we've achieved is is making it more current. And I think a lot of people are worried that like, I don't know what this product is. Can I use it? I don't know if I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable to use it myself. And the beauty of vinyl is that if you were to get it wrong, you can peel it back and try again. And, and you can do that over and over and over again, which is, which is great because obviously you, don't, you can't do that with wallpaper. So if I can do it, I firmly believe anybody can do it because I'm not very good with stuff like that. I don't have the patience, but um, it's so easy to do. I mean, we're yet to have people come to us in distress saying that we don't know what we're doing or or whatever. It is really straightforward to. We do sell um, squeegees, which are a tool where you get out the bubbles and stuff like that. And it's it's a super easy tool to use. How how do you work out how much you would need to use like I'm just thinking I'm so bad with measuring I feel like I always measure everything wrong um even (laughs) even even just a tiny square when I'm ordering like some tiles or some wallpaper have you kind of got any tips and tricks on how to get it right the first time so we always say width times uh, length and we always say add an inch on either side. We also have on the website which is a new new thing that we've implemented which is a custom size so if you had a specific space that you want, you didn't want any wastage or excess vinyl, we now have a tool on our website where you can order your exact measurements down to the centimetre. So you don't have to cut. Like I said, there's no wastage, which is something that we're really trying to encourage. And so, yes, it's literally just width times length plus an inch either side. Renovating and staying environmentally friendly is always at the forefront of my mind. And I must admit, one of my first thoughts was that final is plastic. So I had to be honest with Jess and dig into the environmental aspect of this solution a little further. How are you dealing with the plastic situation? Like, I know that kind of lots of people listening will be thinking, oh my God, vinyl sounds great, but is it good for the planet? Because everyone is trying to kind of make more thoughtful decisions we do get asked that a lot and it it is obviously we're moving very much into an environment where we're very conscious of of how we are using materials that the plastic that we are using is recycled plastic however what we are trying to encourage people is to rather than ripping out your kitchen and your bathrooms and throwing away that old table that you thought was past its sell-by date just recover it um, and I think that's way more effective. Um, rather, than reducing landfill waste is is much more effective than the the product that we're using, if that makes sense. So, ultimately, it isn't a recyclable material. However, like I said, we we are really trying to encourage people to upcycle and recycle um, with our product, and then that will have much more longevity than just throwing your table away and adding it to landfill waste. 
I'm always keen on an upcycling project. So saving a perfectly good kitchen or bathroom from going into landfill unnecessarily is good news to me. But do remember, if it's the perfect solution for you, make use of the bespoke measurement service that they have to avoid any offcuts. I love the idea of home as a canvas for collecting treasures and have always been obsessed with finding objects for my home that feel unique, functional and beautiful. After years and years of internet searching, hunting high and low for the best homeware artisans and makers, I really struggled to find somewhere where all of these things were curated in one place. This was where the idea for Glassette began, who also happened to be another sponsor of this podcast. Last year, along with Dan, my brother-in-law, I launched Glassette, the new destination to shop all things home. Glassette is a treasure trove full of beautiful homeware from the UK's best and most creative independent brands that will not blow your budget. From artful prints for your gallery wall to intricately hand-blown glassware for dinner parties, we've considered every moment of a life well-lived at home. My favourite thing about Glassette is that you can make a wish list for practically anything, whether it's a mood board for a room in your house, a wedding registry, I mean, I don't know about you, but I'd much rather a checkerboard rug than a microwave, or a shopping list for your next dinner party, and then you can share it with your friends and family wherever they are for them to shop from it too. Gift giving and receiving just got way more exciting. Head to glassette.com and follow us at Glassette on Instagram for inspiration, weekly new arrivals and interior design tips and tricks from the most stylish homemakers I know. If you know me, you know my life is a little bit hectic. At home, I've got John, two very small people and a dog. And they are not good for keeping things clean, especially the rugs. So let me tell you a little bit about our sponsor, Ruggable. The rugs in my house get an absolute battering from mucky paws, the kids dropping all kinds of everything everywhere, and just general wear and tear of everyday life. Let's face it, you don't get someone in to clean your rugs every other month, and they don't fit in the washing machine. But then I was introduced to Ruggable. I put a Ruggable Jonathan Adler number in the kids' room, and I haven't looked back. It easily pops in the washing machine and comes out brand new. The Sudafed stain, gone. The Calpol half spilled everywhere, no problem. Having a rug that I can clean myself, dry and put back in the kids' room with minimal effort is my kind of cleaning. Now, if only I could put the kids and the husband in there as well. If you're a busy bee like me and you're looking for minimal effort but with maximum style, then head over to ruggable.co.uk to check out their gorgeous selection of rugs. And Ruggable, no, I love a bargain. Yes, I do. So they have kindly offered a 10% discount to you guys if you use the code LAURA10. That's L-A-U-R-A and the number 10 on their website to get your own washable rug. Let me know how you get on. The topic of upcycling is an area that my next guest, Nina Tolstrup, knows all too well. She's a Danish furniture designer who is as savvy with her materials as she is with her tips on furnishing a rental. So Nina, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yes, so I'm Nina Tolstrup, co-founder of Studio Mama, which I started in 2000 together with my husband, uh, Jack Mama, hence the name Studio Mama. When I started Studio Mama, I was living in Copenhagen and Dad was in um, Eindhoven and we decided to move to London. And uh, so I found myself in London thinking, well, you know, maybe this is the time to try and start up a 
a design studio, which I had uh, always had a passion uh, about doing, um, that went into exploring the idea of upcycling um, furniture, which we work with. Uh, we did a bit of 3D printing on demand, and we also tried to make plans of designs that people could buy the plans and use local makers to make things. So it was all kind of just exploring that idea of, of sustainability and having discussions about what is more sustainable than not. Where do you source your materials when you're working at Studio Mama in the UK? Well, first of all, we always look through what what is at hand. I mean, so if it's a project where there's an on-site or there's a client, what's, what do we have to work with that's already there, whether it's uh, from a location or whether it's in stock or things that are sitting kind of regardless as some kind of waste that we can upcycle so that's always one thing that we, we will start i mean we also use uh, companies that are selling material matters is a is a company that we love to use uh, that are producing materials um, from waste or upcycled uh, materials and the thing is that which is a thing that hopefully the governments will address is that it's always very expensive to use these materials because it's just at the moment cost more money to use recycled, upcycled materials that it costs to buy new off-the-shelf materials, which is um, problematic in terms of justifying the cost. If someone doesn't have a huge budget and they live in rented or social housing, how would you suggest that they go about sourcing affordable furniture that will stand the test of time? I would say forage the city. There is so many options of um, finding things. I mean, London is notoriously, you can pick things up in the, in, in, in the street, but you can find things on eBay. There's a lot of local recycling stations that are now opening up for you can actually source uh, materials from there or discharged uh, furniture. There's local neighborhood groups. There's a lot of Facebook groups. People are often, if they're moving, offering, we are moving, we have this, anyone want to pick it up? Uh, so that's one thing. And I think something else that's extremely resourceful that I use all the time is YouTube because you can absolutely Google how to do, how to make, how to repair just about everything. Sometimes if things are broken, you know, there's a great resource in using local makers which is also a great way of connecting to the local community. So if you find a beautiful tonic chair that happened to have a broken leg, you know, maybe you could look up a local maker that could actually repair it for you. I mean, and it's also much more fun because you you build a narrative about your interior, which I, I, I really like because it, everything will have a story. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's one thing that's really lovely about buying things that are, you know, secondhand or foraged for, you know, if you do find something in an old skip and you give it a new lease of life, like you say, that's really great storytelling. I think when people start to rent, a lot of accommodation is unfurnished and it feels quite overwhelming. There's a lot to buy. What's the most cost-effective and eco-friendly way to furnish a flat? I mean, you know, maybe just buying only the essential things that you need. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of new companies out there where that gives the option of renting, which I quite like, you know, because I think especially if it's a new place or maybe it's not your, I mean a place you know you would stay for for many many years you know so there's that 
possibility of renting furniture, which also makes you um, give you the option of changing it down down the road. You know, when you think like I like to try something else. You think, I mean, what I would spend money on uh, if you are just setting out and on a limited budget is a good mattress, even before the bed. You know, I think that's something that. I mean, cheap mattresses is just uh, not not serving you very well. You know, you still spend hopefully average of eight hours in your bed a day uh, if you follow the doctor's orders. I mean, the thing, the last thing to spend money on is big, bulky, heavy pieces of furniture because I mean, moving it around is a pain. And I mean, if you are in renting things that are not for very long term or your own house where you know you're gonna have the sofa there sitting for the next 10 years, then you're probably fine having a big, heavy sofa, but else I would wait to, to invest in those heavy, I mean, a big wardrobe, you know, if you move, most likely it's not going to fit somewhere else, you know, so um, so I would buy things that are flexible or for storage, maybe more boxes that can be stacked or uh, rails that can be moved around and something much more flexible. I mean, most young people move around many times, move cities, move flats, move change flatmates, you know. Uh, so have things that are small and nimble. Just want to move your, you know, your things with your, your friends, you know, and not having a big expensive van and two men to carry your stuff around. And then I guess it's also making sure that those pieces that you just talked about are investment pieces and, you know, they're, they're not too trend-led. So how can you advise someone to make sure that they're not buying something that will date quickly and will stand the test of time? Well, I would never follow, deliberately follow trends. You know, I, I think that it's about being personal, get things and furniture that you love and feel an attachment to pieces that are functional and practical because else it's never stand the test of time you know if it's, it doesn't tick those boxes but I think anything else is, is is stuff that you probably do not need but I think there's nothing better than visiting friends or people's houses or flats that has a personal touch that reflect their personality, their creativity, their imagination, you know, whether it's that they have collections of whatever it could be. It could be anything that gives personality to a personal space, you know, and I think that's more interesting than following trends. Mm. I feel like, you know, everywhere in Scandinavia is so good at not being so trend-led. You know, they just make really beautiful clean designs that year on year on year look amazing and when you kind of look back at you know the uh, which I do often um on the internet like beautiful kind of Danish or Scandinavian kitchens from you know the 70s they still feel very I mean not on trend but they still feel like but they still feel very now and I think that that's a really quite a hard look to achieve sometimes because it's just about getting that simple design and I think it's definitely about the materials that that are used so for you what what are the materials that you tend to use that will have that longevity wood uh, is always a good uh, material to go to it's like also renewable and sustainable but you can always, I mean, re-sand and re-oil, which is very much in the Scandinavian tradition. But it's also, I mean, you often have to invest a bit more, you know, and that's the thing, you know, maybe get get a bit less and you add in as you can afford it. But um, materials that age will grace, 
you know, which wood does and certain, I mean, obviously certain metals are brass or stainless steel. You can keep like cleaning it and polishing up and it always looks great, you know, and it lasts for uh, for generations, you know, and uh, things that are well made, you know, you can put it back to the joiner and he can, or the carpenter, and he can um, repair it, which is often what, what would, would happen when, when you have invested in things that have those qualities. I'd never really thought about keeping rental furniture a little more on the agile side. I mean, I suppose if you're intending to buy a property and you're in need of a new sofa or a decent dining table, it does make sense to make that investment. But it's a really interesting way to look at your rental. Those that follow me will know how fraught life can be, but I've got the perfect solution for living a little bit calmer. And that's by our sponsor, Grass & Co. Life can sometimes feel quite overwhelming, if I'm honest. However, I've been enjoying how Grass & Co. Premium CBD Oil has really helped calm the noise of everyday life. CBD is a natural extract of the hemp plant, which is both legal and non-intoxicating. Grass & Co. deliver the highest quality CBD infused with absolutely delicious naturally sourced botanicals. There are three ranges, Calm, Rest and Ease. My personal favourite right now is definitely the Calm range. It blends CBD with ashwagandha, chamomile and mint with vitamin B5 that helps support mental performance and relaxation. Personally, the way that I've worked this into my routine is to take a few drops of the CBD oil and put them under my tongue in the morning to prepare me for the day. It's really helped me stay calm and more focused. I might even add a few drops at night as well to help drift me off to sleep. But they've got this amazing pillow spray that's got some wonderful tranquil aromatherapy scents that do help drift me off most nights. Now for the good bit. So Grass & Co have offered listeners to this podcast an exclusive 25% off their order via their website using the code LAURA25. What a deal. Listen, you just got to go to the website, grassandco.com, and put in L-A-U-R-A and then the number 25 to start your own karma journey today. Honestly, I can't wait for you guys to try it. A massive thanks to Nina, Jess and Medina for their advice in this episode. Go check out their socials. We've linked them all in the show notes for you, as well as our page at So How Do You Podcast. If you're in need of some more renter-friendly ideas, take a listen to our episodes on using plants in your home and lighting too. There's some incredible advice in those episodes from lighting consultants and interior designers. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Laura Jackson and that's how you do up your rental. See you next time.